Welcome to the Covenant of Peace radio broadcast, the teaching ministry of Pastor Blair Bradley. This program is dedicated to bringing you the glorious truth of God's Word, one verse at a time. A mighty fortress is our we are living in powerful days and we are seeing tremendous changes in our lives, our culture, our nation, and in the church. So now more than ever, we have a great need to exercise spiritual discernment and to know what the Bible teaches about the important issues that we all face today. So let's join Pastor Blair as he continues our study on the Word of God. Welcome again, my beloved in Jesus Christ. We're continuing our verse-by-verse journey through the epistle of Jude, and today we're continuing to go over what Jude taught about how to combat heresy. So let's open our Bibles and read Jude verses 17 through 21 again together. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, to eternal life. Now, notice here in verses 20 and 21 that Jude says there are four ways that we can successfully combat heresy when it comes to us. And those four ways are build yourselves up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, and wait anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And on today's broadcast, we're continuing to explore the first one of these, and that is to build yourselves up on your most holy faith. And we, as we have discovered, there are 10 biblical keys that will help us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. So let's go over the list again. There's prayer, Bible study, godly fellowship, obedience, being filled with the Spirit, confession, love, hope, witnessing, and finally discernment. And on today's broadcast, I want to look at number 10, which is discernment. Now, I suppose that spiritual discernment is one of the most important, yet least utilized aspects of Christian life that we have today. The word discernment is the act or the process of exhibiting keen insight and sound judgment about a particular issue. Now, every human on earth exercises discernment in one fashion or another. We all say, I like that, or I don't like that. And we say, I agree with that, or we say, I disagree with that. So we all discern many things. The key question that we have to ask ourselves, though, is by what criteria do we discern, especially when it comes to spiritual matters? In other words, even though we exercise discernment to some extent all the time, we must be careful on what basis we we exercise that discernment. Proper spiritual discernment is not based on human logic. Neither is it based on what we call common sense. Spiritual discernment is not based upon what everybody says or by the popularity of something or by how good something sounds. It's not certainly not based on how we may feel about it. I can't tell you how many people say to me that they believe something to be true because they feel that it is right. They say that if they had an inner witness about something that was taught or something that was said, and they accepted it based upon that inner witness. Beloved, I too am filled with the Holy Spirit, and praise God, the Spirit can and does lead us. But we are never told to trust an inner witness 
to the exclusion of the other ways that we are to utilize to test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For example, it is not being spiritual to trust your so-called inner witness to the exclusion of studying and knowing the Bible, because your inner witness is only as reliable as what you have been feeding on. The long history of man teaches us that the most horrible atrocities ever committed were done by very intelligent people who had access to truth, but who chose to ignore that truth and believe a lie. If there is one thing that we can all say is true, dear friends, it is that our feelings are not reliable. Our feelings are based upon any number of things, some of which are true, some of which are false, and some partially true. And we have no hope in and of ourselves to bring wisdom and sound judgment to anyone based upon our feelings. Now, when I say that, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is not reliable. The Holy Spirit is absolutely reliable and trustworthy. That is not in doubt. But what is in doubt and what should be questioned is the fact that we are not always correct and accurate in how we appropriate what we are, think we're understanding about the Holy Spirit. Human beings score very poorly in this area. Is not history filled with the stories of people who misunderstood and misappropriated what they thought the Holy Spirit said to them, much to their own destruction? Still others go by what they call their conscience, but that too is not always accurate. We must understand that the reliability of our conscience is only as good as what we have been feeding into our consciences. If you spend your days with Oprah and Dr. Phil and all my children and the ways of the world, neither you nor your conscience has been feeding on what will cause wise and prudent and godly judgments that will glorify the Lord to come forth. For example, God's word says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, that some people's consciences have been seared as with a hot branding iron. In other words, their conscience has been so misused and so ignored and so and fed with so much junk that it's no longer reliable to guide that person in the ways of righteousness. It is very popular today to tell people to follow their hearts. And that sounds so spiritual and so good. But look at what the Bible says about the human heart. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, The heart is more deceitful than all else, and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? If you believe the word of God, my beloved, then you will see that the last thing that any of us could ever trust is our heart. But if we cannot rely on our consciences or our own common sense or our heart or our human logic, and if we misinterpret and misappropriate God's spirit all the time, then on what then do we base our judgment? What should we trust? as being a reliable guide to give us the clear distinction between what is holy and what is profane. Well, I'm glad you asked. There has left us only one authoritative source to base our judgments on, and that is the Holy Scriptures. Spiritual discernment is created and given by God's Spirit to every believer. It is a part and parcel of the Holy Spirit, but spiritual discernment is honed, and it is sharpened, and it is made useful and effective and productive only through the diligent study of the Word of God. If you want to be able to see heresy a mile off, then you have to spend time with God in prayer and in His Word. 
If you want to be able to know if truth or error is being taught to you, then you must spend time with God in prayer and in his word. If you want to be able to guard your wife and the souls of your children from false teaching and apostasy, then you must spend time in prayer and in God's word. There is no easier way. There are no shortcuts. There is no other method that God honors to build up spiritual discernment other than spending time with God in prayer and in the study of God's word. One of the most horrific casualties of our materialistic and covetous society is that because we are all so busy chasing after money in order to buy bigger and nicer toys, we have such little time anymore to ever spend time with God in prayer and in the study of his word. With the advent of television and a myriad of other sources of entertainment which make great demands upon our time, we have precious little time left to spend with God in prayer and in the study of his word. And because we have grown accustomed to being entertained rather than edified, we have very little inclination to spend time with God in prayer and in the study of his word. The modern church has sought to appease this problem by adding more and more opportunities for God's people to be entertained, all at the expense of spending time with God in prayer and the study of God's word. Church after church today are very willing to cancel prayer meetings and Bible studies to make room for pottery classes and to have more comedy acts. We minimize the need for sound doctrine, and then we wonder why we are deceived so easily. We marginalize truth, and then are so shocked at why we are so easily led astray. We seek to make it easier and easier for people to be saved, but then we are so disturbed that they do not actually walk with God. We fear making demands upon people, but then we wonder why people produce so little fruit. We don't see the need to know what God has said, and then we wonder why we can't exercise spiritual discernment. Now, there's a lot of talk these days about things like spiritual warfare, but one of the greatest areas of spiritual warfare is over our time. And I'll tell you that it is a premeditated effort by Satan himself to keep God's people so busy, so entertained, that no meaningful time is left for prayer or the study of God's word. And nothing is going to change that until and unless we begin to value prayer and value God's word enough to make the conscious decisions to cease from certain activities in order to spend time with God in prayer and the study of his precious word until the things that God values becomes the very things that we value. Nothing is going to change and spiritual discernment will remain weak and ineffective in our lives and we will continue to be deceived and confused about issues that we don't have to be. When a person never has time for prayer, when a person never has time for Bible study, that person has already placed more value on whatever else he is doing than he has on God's word. And that is idolatry, and that is sin. Beloved, spiritual discernment is not an entity of itself. Spiritual discernment is the result of spending time with God in prayer and in the study of the Word of God. It is not magic. It isn't some emotional ecstasy. It is simply the automatic conclusion to a disciplined life of self-denial and a picking up your cross daily and following Jesus. All those who walk on the straight and narrow path exercise spiritual discernment. Not one on the broad road has any access to it at all. It is impossible for a lost soul to exercise spiritual discernment, and it is impossible for a saved man not 
to exercise spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment tells you right from wrong. It makes a clear dividing line between that which is holy and that which is profane. It will always agree with God's word. It will never tell you a lie. It will always speak the truth. It causes you to start some things while refraining from other things. Spiritual discernment is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. It is invaluable for a believer. It is unconscionable then for any believer not to feed his ability to discern with a steady diet of inspired, infallible, inerrant words that come from the very mind and the heart and the mouth of Almighty God. Untold millions of unsuspecting sheep could have avoided terrible pain and hurt if they had only known how to exercise spiritual discernment. Listen to what God says about the fact that his priests and his people do not exercise spiritual discernment from Ezekiel 22, 25, and 26. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane, and they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they hide their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Again in Jeremiah 5.31, the prophets prophesy falsely, the priests bear rule upon their own authority, and my people love to have it so. I beg you to honestly judge whether prayer and Bible study are boring to you, and whether knowing God's word thrills your heart. I beg you to honestly see if you get more out of an emotional service than you do to dying to self and mortifying the deeds of your body. I pray that you will be willing to move around whatever you have to do in your life in order to make time for prayer and Bible study this year. I pray that you will be more interested in building up your most holy faith than you are about being blessed or wealthy this year. I pray that you are more interested in picking up your cross and denying yourself and following Jesus than you are of becoming more important. Well, I'm going to have to stop right here, but please join me again on the next broadcast as we continue our journey through the epistle of Jude. May God help us all. Dear friends, if this radio broadcast of line upon line, precept upon precept, teaching of God's holy word is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider supporting us financially? We want to increase our exposure here on the Gulf Coast through more radio stations and through the Internet. Would you pray about coming alongside of us and help us do that to God's glory? For further information about how you can partner with us in seeing the gospel triumph in our area or to receive a copy of today's broadcast, go to our website, www.covenantofpeace.net. Until next time. May the peace of God keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.